It's Tuesday, September 27, 2022, and this is Talk Commerce, hosted by Brent Peterson. Remember to listen for the free joke during this episode. It's Tuesday, September 27, 2022, and this is Talk Commerce. If you want to grow your business and increase your profits, you need to learn how to segment your email lists effectively. In this podcast, Jason Anson explains the best ways to segment your email lists and provides you with some of the best tools, tricks, and tactics for ensuring that every one of those subscribers is engaged. Look for the free joke towards the end of the podcast. We learn that most people don't understand Brent's jokes. Are you interested in learning more about AI? Contact me and ask me about this episode. This episode of Talk Commerce is brought to you by SalesLayer. SalesLayer is a product information manager in the cloud that centralizes product information and synchronizes it in all sales channels automatically print, web, mobile, product feeds for the retailers and more. Woo! Big cheering in the background, but low budget so we can't do it. Forget about inefficient spreadsheets with SalesLayer. You can upload the information that you have in whatever format you have with one simple click. Go to saleslayer.com today and learn more about how this fantastic PIM in the cloud can help your business move forward into the future. My name is Brent Peterson, and I'm your host. Please remember to subscribe wherever you download your podcasts. And now, Talk Commerce. Welcome to this episode of Talk Commerce. Today I have Jacob Anson, and Jacob is the co-founder of Agency JR. Jacob, go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell us what you're doing day to day, and maybe one of your passions in life. Perfect. First of all, a pleasure to be here. So thank you for having me on. And yeah, to quickly introduce myself, I'm the co-founder of Agency JR. We are an email marketing focused agency. I'm one of the two co-founders of the agency. And within my day to day, I'm mostly focused on the backend, like building out the infrastructure, the systems, the processes, hiring, like all of the not so fun stuff, as people say, but I love it. And in terms of some other things right now in this phase of my life, it's mostly work. I love it. I want to be that way, but outside of work, I guess there's a bit of fitness and more work so fitness work so that's about all yeah that's that sounds like my life um we won't get into a lot of fitness right now if we want to do it towards the end of the podcast i can talk about running all day but we won't get it <laughs> let's talk about email marketing and i know that that is something that you have a passion for so tell us a little bit about some of the mistakes people make in email marketing maybe we'll start there Sure thing. Honestly, the biggest mistake is not doing email marketing. So let's start there. With email marketing, it's a broad term. There's like a lot of verticals, a lot of niches that can use email marketing, but we see that a lot of them don't use it or there's not frequent use of it. For example, e-commerce. Even if you're a small e-commerce store, you should be doing email marketing because email marketing is and can be very passive. Of course, it can also, it can be very active, but you can do the bare minimum, set up some automations and it's going to be there and generate revenue while you 
you sleep. And this also applies to any other kind of business out there, whether it be SaaS, info product, whatever else that's selling something. You need email marketing, even at a small scale. So that's the mistake I see happening. But then to dive, be a bit more specific. So we, we ourselves are usually more e-commerce focused. We also have a couple of info or SaaS businesses as well. But then the e-commerce, like the other mistake, which is a bit more specific, would come down to campaigns. So campaigns, if you're not too familiar with email marketing, are those one-time email blasts, for example, within your Gmail. Those are like, for example, the Black Friday campaigns or like 4th of July sale campaigns and stuff like that. The mistake there usually comes down to the segmentation. So if you're an e-commerce shop, you have your customer list. Let's say you have 10,000 customers, you have 10,000 emails. The mistake there is a lot of people think, hey, I'm going to get the best performance if we're going to take this whole list, these 10,000 people, and blast out an email to all of them. If you think about it in the first thought, it might seem logical because, hey, the more people see the email, the more people are going to open the email, the more sales I'm going to get. Maybe for the first email, yes, but if you continue doing that, it's just going to go into the negative spiral and your sales are eventually going to go down to zero. Why? Because it all comes down to deliverability and list health. So first, we'll have to make sure that people you're sending out the emails actually want to get your email. If you're always sending out everybody, a big chunk of the list usually is not engaged. You're just ruining your deliverability. And with deliverability, if you're getting bad open rates, you're going to get even worse open rates later down the road. So it's important to segment your list, target mostly the engaged parts of the list, Segment it and make sure you get, get good open rates as that's going to keep your open rates healthy and you're going to make sure your list stays healthy for a long time and you can extract more revenue and more profit out of it. As you're segmenting, is there specific engagements that you should look at? If a customer is highly engaged, should you send them more or targeted? Or I know that there's a way of oversending. So if they're over-engaged, then eventually you're going to oversend and... So tell us some ideas around that. I'm going to spill the beans of our agency strategy, basically how we in-house do the segmentation. Uh, the first thing, it's very hmm, simple. It's very dumbed down, so it's easy to follow and easy to execute. So the first thing is the engaged customers, you can send them out more emails. So for example, within a month, if you send out 12 campaigns around eight to ten of those campaigns are going to go out to that engaged list and that's completely fine and the engaged part of the list it can be built out we usually have three buckets engage 30 engage 60 engage 90 and then engage 30 basically means someone who has opened or clicked one of your emails within the last 30 days then of course last 60 days last 90 days those are the engagement tiers depending on your open rates we just basically choose one of those the open rate should ideally for the campaigns be around 30 percent if we use engage 90 and see if it's around 20 percent we might jump one tier down test out engage 60 and see at which of those stages it comes out to roughly 30 percent and then rest of the campaigns. So for example, we send out nine campaigns to engage segment. The rest of those three campaigns, we can test out different parts of the list to try to get them into the engaged parts of the list. So we usually like to do one re-engagement campaign a month, which is focused specifically on the unengaged parts of the list. So we take all the people that don't open their emails and we send out one email specifically to them once a month just to try and re-engage them. And then two emails usually are 
like smaller segments, a bit more specific segmentation. Might it be like a specific product upsell email or maybe like an announcement email or whatever, something with also like more specific segmentation. So that's what we usually do. Works like a charm, easy to follow. Yeah, those are some very ironclad rules that they actually make a lot of sense. So I would, I think if there isn't any listeners who aren't paying attention, that would be one part that I certainly would implore people to pay attention to. How about the over-engagement? Is there a point in which you can over-engage? Over-engaging. Yeah, so like over-engaging, like at least how I understand is like burning out the list. So if you have like 10,000 customers, let's say half of them are like engaged customers opening up your emails. Obviously, they don't want to be over-spammed and they don't want to receive two emails a day from you. Like the cadence of your campaigns also. Usually to make sure you're not over-spamming and over-saturating list we usually don't go over 15 emails a month on regular months obviously all of that gets thrown out the window during q4 then you can do what you want in terms of email frequency but for like regular months summer spring and so on i would not go over 15 emails a month and that's just going to ensure you're not over engaging or burning out your list essentially yeah, so I know you mentioned Q4. So you're, talk a little bit about specific tra- strategies for Q4 compared to the rest of the year. Yeah, within the e-commerce, so obviously Q4 is the most important part of the year, hands down. That's where all of the revenue profit is made. So within us agency and basically I think every other e-commerce through our agency, they take it very seriously. Like some of the key differences between Q4 and regular months obviously is the email frequency. Uh, if, for example, during July, June, we're sending out maybe 12 to 15 emails a month. During November, December, we're sending up to 30 emails a month. So it comes down average one email a day. Uh, so that's the f- first thing. And the second thing is how you build out your sales structure. So here, maybe also we can spill the beans of our agency tactics and strategies. So for Q4, what we usually like to do, we build out a specific um, sales cycle, sales calendar, if I can name it that way. And essentially how it's structured is that we go through certain phases. The first phase, which you usually start around October, start of October, is a re-engagement phase, which usually lasts about two weeks. And that during these two weeks, it is basically try to re-engage as much of the unengaged customers as we can to build up the engaged part of the list, which is gonna get spammed too during the next couple of weeks. Then the next phase is the warm-up phase. So once we have re-engaged as many customers as we can, we really want to nurture the engaged part of the list, build it up, warm it up. And we usually do that through value campaigns. We do that through educational campaigns. We do that through a very specific warm-up campaign, which is essentially focused on getting the customer's response to the email. So it maybe could be an email like a text-based email, hey, respond to this customer with yes, if you want to stay in the loop for Black Friday emails. And what this does, which is really cool, if Gmail sees that somebody replies to you, they automatically flag or whitelist your domain. So like all of your future emails are going to go in the primary tab. So it's like a small tactic to ensure your deliverability is very good for those customers. 
And obviously also value campaigns. Obviously you don't want to always sell to your customers, give them some values, some tips, so they know not just selling them, build a relationship with them. And once we have warmed up the customer, at the start of November, we usually go into a build-up phase, a hype-up phase, where we try to get some early bird list signups for like early Black Friday deals and stuff like that. Really hype up the audience for Black Friday. Let them maybe tease some deals, maybe let them know about the Black Friday timeline and stuff like that. Really get them hyped up for the upcoming sales. And then obviously once the Black Friday week starts, then we usually have two to three email sends, like a main email, resend of the same email to the non-openers, and uh, like a different email depending on how the offers are structured for the client. I want to jump back to what you're saying about sending a text to get him to respond to the email. Are you saying you'd send him an SMS text to do that? Or how do you mean? Can you just explain that a little bit more? Yeah, sure. Maybe I explain it, maybe use the wrong word. So it's an email. So it's a text-based email. So basically, mm. okay, actually, yeah, this is a good th- talking point. So text, but like in this case, I'll explain maybe this specifically and I'll talk about text-based emails. I think that's very interesting as well. So like for the email called the warm-up email, it is a text-based email. So like an email you would send to your brand. It doesn't contain any graphics, none of that. It's basically usually sent out from brand rep- representative. It mentions something like that. Hey, John, we see you within our list, etc., etc. In the next couple of weeks, we'll have our Black Friday sale, and we'll really think you're going to enjoy the discounts, the offers, whatever. If you want to stay in the loop, make sure you receive your emails or show you how excited you are for the deals. Respond to this email with, for example, yes. And that's basically just make sure the customer respond to that email with something. It doesn't matter with what they respond. The most important thing is that they respond with something as that is going to whitelist the domain and it's going to ensure that the future emails for them much, much more likely to land in the primary folder, which then is obviously going to boost up the open rate. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Does it help to do social as well to drive people to, is there a way to use social to get people to respond to emails? Of course. This, of course, depends like how used is like social media for the specific brand. Some brands are not that heavy in social media. For those, obviously, it doesn't make sense to push people there if they're not going to do anything with those extra follows. But if the brand has like a good social media strategy, then of course, we can push people from emails to sign up on social media to stay in a loop with what's happening there. And obviously, if the social media team also takes care of the Black Friday and everything is synergized, then they're just is going to be much more likely to stay in the loop because we're going to remind them through emails. The social media team is going to remind them through social media. So they're constantly informed about what's going to be happening for that specific brand. So if the brand has good social media, then yes, of course. Good. All right. So tell talk, talk a little bit about some trends that there is in retention for marketing, for email, things like that. Yeah. Sure. Trends. So biggest trend I would honestly still see is SMS marketing. I think maybe it seems maybe the SMS marketing has gone by. SMS marketing was really hot a couple of months ago, maybe a year ago, but that, that still is one of the biggest trends I see and that a lot of brands have not properly adapted to. There's still a lot of brands lacking proper SMS marketing or SMS marketing at all, which I think is a very huge thing. But SMS marketing, it doesn't really matter how big or small you are. 
are, you can still set up like some initial things that are there that are going to drive you extra revenue, extra profit. You don't really have to worry about it that much. And then at a certain point, you can build out a team, hire an agency to do all of the active work there as well. But some of the other trends we see within the marketing world from our perspective is some more integrated things within, for example, email marketing and Facebook ads, like for example, some funnel build outs and basically just more synergistic marketing strategy overall because for the last couple of years like there's email marketing there's facebook ads there's sms marketing but there was not a lot of connection between all of those channels together maybe even maybe more for so for huge brands for bigger brands but right now i see a lot like also like medium-sized brands that really have more synergistic marketing strategies everything works together much more oiled is there a difference between open rates on devices i've heard that post ios 14 that sometimes you may not be able to measure open rates on emails and that might skew some of your KPIs. Yeah. So with this, like I have a slightly different take on this, like obviously the tracking, it is slightly off. So like each new change and adaptation in terms of iOS or like platforms, it's, it's going to skew the data a bit. So like it's going to skew what we see, but the effectiveness of email marketing is still going to stay the same. If we don't see maybe like the 10% less people open the emails, that's what we see on our end. But then in the end, like how many people open up the emails, it's still going to be the same amount. But of course, if it can skew the data, it can also play around with the conversion data, conversion tracking, uh, because sometimes, for example, some of the email softwares they also use the open metric as the as one of the within the conversion windows. So for example, if the open is falsely tracked, it can either not count a certain conversion through to, for the email, also count an extra conversion for the email if that makes sense. But with this, I, we have not seen a huge issue. Like we mainly use Clavio, and I think Clavio has done a smart thing to battle this. Not too technical about this, but I think one thing that they did, which is really smart, is that they noticed how app works so here nobody quote me on this but if I understood correctly so basically how it works when you send out an email to an iOS device or an email with an iOS privacy email once you send out the email there's going to be an automatic open like within one second once you send out the email and the Clavio just disregards that and they usually look for the second open and the second open usually comes from the, from the real person or maybe comes after five seconds not and not immediately after the email sent. So there are things that the platforms are doing also to battle this so I'm not too worried about this but of course it can play around and with the date and skew a couple of yeah, things. Yeah it's interesting I think that the merchants aren't going to worry about some bigger merchants should worry about this, but it's it, the whole privacy thing has been such an interesting journey in the last year, especially. Just talking about privacy from the U.S. compared to Europe, Europe is much more restrictive on sending emails. U.S. has the same rules, but maybe not as well followed. Talk about the best way to grow your list. That's legal. Good question. That's legal. <laughs> Yeah, so obviously Europe, GDPR, like in terms of like list growth, generally the same tactics or strategies are going to apply both US and Europe. Within Europe, if you want to be completely legal, obviously it's going to be a bit less effective. But the best growth strategy for lists is actually is going to be just driving more sales to your store, focusing your customer acquisitions, so like your paid ads, Facebook ads, Google ads, whatever, because most of your list is still going to come through the purchasers. So people that go to the checkout, if they purchase or don't purchase, 
the big biggest bulk of your list and the highest quality bulk of your list is going to come directly through that. So that should always be your main focus. Email just basically takes those customers and turns them into repeat purchases. But if you want to focus on growing your list specifically or implement different kind of funnels, which are email first, conversion second, obviously pop-ups are good. So have pop-ups on your site as well, but pop-ups to give you some tips, some value. A big mistake I see a lot of agencies, a lot of brands do. Maybe it's not a mistake. Sometimes it can also be valuable, but most of the case, it's not really wanted. It's having pop-ups at very short triggers, at very short delays. So if there's a brand and within three seconds of you landing on a brand's page, you see a pop-up, it's not a good thing for a couple of reasons. First of all, nobody can really make a purchasing decision in three seconds. So if you're three seconds in, you see a pop-up for 10% off, what it's going to do, first of all, it's going to scare the customer base. You're going to have a negative effect in your conversion rate. And second of all, for the customers that do end up buying, you're just going to give away 10% of your margin because nobody can really decide in three seconds that, hey, I'm going to buy this product or not going to buy this product. So that's not a good thing. So what we usually recommend is having pop-up at longer delays and that's just going to mostly focus on driving X revenue usually go around like 30 to 55 seconds as that's what usually sees the average time spent on the site and that is maybe going to be more catered towards undecided buyers so maybe they're still thinking about the product and hey boom there's a 10% off discount and that just gets them over the edge so that's a better strategy there and then some other things you can just run direct lead gen campaigns so for example for Q4 what we are going to be doing is running lead gen campaigns to for the early birds list we're going to have a landing page we're going to have our clients basically run paid ads to their warm audience so that landing page generate a bigger lead list so we can hype it up and push out more revenue through the Q4 sales good so, yeah, yeah I have an episode that is called learn to love your pop-up so I would encourage listeners to go back, and I can't remember the guest right now, but it is Learn to Love the Pop-Up. And I have to admit, on my own Talk Commerce website, I need to get a pop-up rolling on there. Jacob, I'm going to try something new with you today before we close out the podcast. Generally, if you if anybody listens to this, they know that before every podcast, I give you a free joke. So I want a, a free joke, a free right? Joke. There's no obligation. You don't have to laugh. In fact, I have a laugh track behind it but today i would like to try reading you the free joke and just getting your opinion on it and i guess the reasoning is should i charge for it or not so let's try it really quick ready three men are on a boat they have four cigarettes but nothing to light them with so they throw a cigarette overboard and the whole boat becomes a cigarette lighter I don't think I get it. Wait, no. <laughs> so, uh, I'll read it. I'll read it one more time. Maybe I'm and, too and think dumb. about what we call a cigarette lighter in the U.S. It's called a cigarette lighter to light cigarettes. I'll read it one more time. Three men are on a boat. They have okay. four cigarettes, but nothing to light them with. So they throw a cigarette overboard, and the whole boat becomes a cigarette lighter. Oh, gotcha. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I got it. Yes. It's a smart uh, board play. Like the English jokes, they're sometimes a bit no, tough for okay. me. No, it's okay. I completely it. yeah. s- I sideswiped you with this, so I apologize. But the opinion is, should I continue to offer them for free, 
Or do you think I should charge for that type of joke? For charge for that type of joke? Good question. I don't know. For me, it was hard to get, so maybe I'm too dumb. I, I would not definitely not want to pay for that kind of joke. So for now, maybe leave them for free. And then later on, maybe you can start charging right. them for them yeah. as well. And, so and charging that's, that's is the also advice. a joke, and I apologize. I have to explain all my jokes. <laughs> In fact, I spend a lot of time in Latin America, and nobody gets my humor. So you're not new. It's completely normal. <laughs> okay, so charging is also a point yeah. of the joke. Okay. I, then I'm definitely no, out of the loop. Okay. I'm out of the loop. This is just the way, way for me. I apologize. I appreciate you being a good sport on the no, joke. No worries. It was fun. No worries. Jacob, no worries. as we close Thank out, you. I give everybody an opportunity to do a, a shameless plug about anything you'd like to plug. And a plug in English is a promotion about something you'd like to promote. And so if you'd like to promote, if you'd that, like to that, promote that, my that, jokes, I'm all for it, but you're welcome to promote anything you'd like. <laughs> All right. Thank you for the opportunity. So yeah, in terms of the shameless blog, I think I'll go with the agency. If you need email mar help with email marketing, whether you're an e-com, SaaS, info, you can check out agency JR. So it's agency Jacob .com. You can check out our case studies and what we've done and talk with us to see if we can help. And also for agency owners, we're always open for new partnerships. So whether we have an e-com, SaaS, or info-focused agency, you can also reach out for us through Agency JR and see if the partnership makes sense. And yeah, always have to Good, and connect. I'll make sure I get the links in the show notes and that they'll be able to get in touch with you through that as well. So Jacob Anson, the co-founder of Agency JR, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. It's been a blast. Thank you. Thank you again for listening. My name is Brent Peterson, and it has been a pleasure to be your host today. Please sign up for our newsletter platforms at talk-commerce.com. Rate and subscribe to Talk Commerce wherever you download your podcasts. New shows out every week.